1: You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports and Fansided, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, and you can find all the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. It is Friday, and there was no... 10-minute emergency podcast for the Packers signing Muhammad Wilkerson because as of this recording, they have not done so. We waited a long time on Thursday to figure out if that could or would happen. And what we were left with was an ambiguous answer. The Packers had spent Wednesday night with Muhammad Wilkerson. They'd gone out to dinner. They'd spent all of Thursday, I mean the entire day, at the facility and when it was over, they decided they were gonna go take other visits. The the word from Wilkerson's representation, his agents, were the ones that we heard from to find out that the productive that the talks were productive and that there was interest in both sides, but that they were gonna go take some other meetings. And the agent claims that 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 was always the case, that they were always going to take these other meetings and they were going to make these other visits and that the fact that they're leaving Green Bay, which I, I believe on this podcast, I told you, if he leaves, they're not going to sign him. The agent essentially said that's not true. Now, that could mean one of two things. The first is that that could be true and that they're just going to go see what's out there and they're going to see what it's like. They're going to go to New Orleans next. See what the situation is there. They are a contending team in the in the NFC. They have cap space, they have money to sign them if they if they so choose. The other thing that that this agent could be doing is trying to keep the demand for his client up by pretending that there's more than there is, which is another way of saying they have the meeting. At the end, the packers offer a number that is not anywhere near or at least isn't at where they think it should be. And they know that they don't want to take this offer. They think they can get more money elsewhere. But in order to maintain the illusion of demand for Muhammad Wilkerson, his agent has to basically say, no, the Packers are still on the table, even if he knows they're not. And there may not even be a number that they have in mind or that they know is going to be available to them from Green Bay. Green Bay may have never even gotten that far. We don't have any reports to that effect at this point. We don't know... We don't know if there was ever a contract offered. Tom Silverstein put out there that economics were next, an implication that money was not discussed or at least it was never hashed out in the way that you might think in that there was no contract discussions. I, I, I do believe that part of it to be true. If if you believe what, what the agent told Tom Silverstein— and that was that the money part of it has, has to be hashed out still, then this, this is no different than, than any other situation with big-name free agents because we see this all the time in the NBA. LeBron just announced he has four teams that, that are on his list in free agency. He's going to meet with those teams. Just because he leaves Houston to go to Philadelphia doesn't mean he can't still sign with the Rockets. Just because Mohammed Wilkerson left Green Bay today, he has his representation has essentially said, don't read into this. We didn't we didn't ever get to numbers. This was more about culture. This was more about fit. Do the coaches think he's going to be motivated to play? Do they think he still has something to give? Will he, if he gets paid, if he gets a contract, will he continue to be motivated to play on a down-to-down basis? And that's something that the Packers coaches had to figure out. Where were they? And and where were they in relation to what Wilkerson was going to give them? And, And what was the price? The Packers have a price in mind. I promise you, Russ Ball has a price in mind. Whether or not that price is good enough for Muhammad Wilkerson is a separate question. And whether or not another team is going to give him more is obviously still another question. So there's a lot of variables still in play here. We don't know how to parse them. We don't know how to stack them and to handicap this situation. Clearly, Green Bay was his number one option. Is he leaving because it's not a fit? Is he leaving because it didn't work out? Is he leaving because they didn't think the Packers were going to give him enough money. Clearly, he could have come in right away and started for the Packers' defense and given them something. Even even in his, I'm going to play whenever I want state, he could have given them reps. He could have given them snaps. He could have given them impact plays, splash plays. Even if he just plays third down, if if that's the only time he ever plays hard, he could give them something positive. But the Packers are famous or perhaps infamous with their fans for saying, we have a number. This is what we think you're worth. And we're not going over it. We don't know that that's what happened. And I know that there are a lot of fans out there that are frustrated right now. Thursday night, the Rams completed another trade. Their third in about a week for Aqib Tlaib. They they got two Pro Bowl corners in this off-season cycle without free agency even starting. They traded for Marcus Peters, they traded for to Talib, and then they traded Robert Quinn to the Dolphins. They've been active. Now, it is it is here where I point out that those moves in free agency, winning the offseason almost never translates to winning in the regular season, at least not the big enchilada. The teams that go out and, and get aggressive, super aggressive, and make all the big moves, and everyone goes, oh, wow, they got so much better. Remember, that was the Giants. And then the Packers hosted them at Lambeau Field and blew the doors off them in the second half of that game. It is it is not necessarily true that all these moves. Namdi Asamoah goes to Philly from Oakland. He's a shell of his former self. Now, Akib is going to play with Wade Phillips, his old coach in Denver. They won a Super Bowl together. Marcus Peters is going to a scheme that that fits his style of play. But what if Todd Gurley gets hurt next year? What if Jared Goff gets hurt? What if Aaron Donald gets hurt? What if what if the what if their offense last year that was that seemed so unstoppable at times is really the team that we saw in the playoffs, a little bit too predictable, not explosive enough. They can't pay to keep Sammy Watkins now. What are they going to do when the bill comes due? This is the same problem the Eagles have. They traded for Michael Bennett. Packer fans are going to say, well, the Packers would never do that. Well, the Eagles have to shed some serious salary to just to get under the salary cap right now. And and I think what, what Packer fans don't understand is the cap situation being what it is. A Rodgers restructure could get them some cap space. A Matthews restructure a Cobb a Nelson all those things but those things are essentially irrelevant right now because they have enough money to make this signing they can sign Muhammad Wilkerson without having any cap problems and then do whatever they need to do they still have until next week to restructure contracts before they go into free agency and look they can sign people and then make those moves If there's guys worth signing, they can say, hey, Randall Cobb, here's the deal. You either take a pay cut or you're out. Those are all things that that they can discuss when they need to discuss them. It is not hindering them. Their cap situation right now is not hindering their ability to sign anybody because they haven't tried to sign anyone. They haven't had the opportunity to sign anyone who would cost that much, at least not an outside free agent. Obviously, Rodgers is going to get an enormous deal. But Mohamed Wilkerson is not going to eat up all of their cap. The fact that they don't have 50, 60, 80, 100 million dollars like the Cleveland Browns, that is not relevant to whether or not they sign Mohamed Wilkerson. It just isn't. It doesn't matter. Before we move on, I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge subscription giveaway. We are still running the giveaway in the offseason, even though all of the, all of the data is, is accumulated over the course of the season, and you can get it as it rolls in, but there's still there's draft coverage in there, and you're going to get a subscription, a year-long subscription if you win the contest, so the fact that it's the offseason doesn't matter because you'll have access to the data when it counts. Put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes, and you'll be entered to win. That's all you have to do. You'll get access to player grades, charts, tools, pro football focus features, and all of their analysis that's behind the paywall. A $39.99 value, and you could get it for free by winning our contest. All you have to do, put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of the podcast on iTunes, preferably with a five-star review. That would be great. I understand as I said that this is this is frustrating. And I understand the inclination to say, "Oh, well, same old team, same as it ever was. They're not going to do anything." Number 1, they can still sign Wilkerson. That is still in play until he signs somewhere else. The Packers can still sign him. And we still don't know what the rest of free agency is going to bring. No. The Packers didn't trade for Akib Tlaib and Marcus Peters. But you know what? Only one team did that. It's not like the Falcons are going out and making big moves. The Vikings are not going out and making big moves. The Saints are not going out. These These are teams that fancy themselves to be NFC contenders, Super Bowl contenders next year. So let's just rein it in a second. Now, that being said, the Eagles did... Go out and trade for Michael Bennett. That is a that is a huge deal for them because they drafted Derek Barnett. They have Brandon Graham under contract, but they're losing Chris Long. They're probably going to cut Vinnie Curry to clear up cap space. So they but they have a lot of things that they have to do to get under the salary cap for 2018. I'm not going to downplay Bennett's arrival in Philadelphia. It's a big deal. It's a big move. And and it's it's just as big a move for Seattle, who's who seems to be signaling a move away from the stalwarts of their defense. We don't know if Cam Chancellor is gonna play this year. We don't know where Richard Sherman, where his health is, where is he gonna play? He's been he's been telling friends and family that he's out in Seattle. If he can't even run until April, if the if the Seahawks cut him, I mean, what is his market gonna be? Could he be the kind of veteran player that the Packers say, if he's healthy, he makes sense for us? I know some, some Packers fans, well, that will make them queasy, but there is no better teacher that I can think of in the league to help Kevin King become Richard Sherman 2.0 than the actual Richard Sherman, and I understand people are going to have problems with, with his outspoken persona, with the swagger that he plays with. But it's one of those things that it's a lot it's a lot better when it's when he's on your team. The guy who's really good but talks a lot of trash, he's he's he is your best friend when he's on your team. But when he's not, that's when you have the problem. If he feels any animosity toward what happened in Seattle and and him being pushed out while he's hurt, if if that's a thing, go to another NFC contender. That could be Green Bay. So there are a lot of moves here. There are still a lot of arrows left in the quiver for Brian Gutekunst. And, and I think he knows, Mark Murphy knows, that there's pressure to do something this offseason. The Rams making moves amps up the pressure. The Eagles making moves amps up the pressure. That doesn't mean they're going to act. And frankly, that doesn't mean they should act. This team, as is when healthy, is an NFC contender. They are a Super Bowl caliber team they need to get better they need to be healthy that's number 1 they need to get better depth this is the problem if everyone is starting if we knew we were going to get the 11 preferred starters on offense and the 11 preferred starters on defense for 16 games they might be the favorite because we don't we don't know that about the eagles and and that's just like before we even get to any game potential injuries. We don't know if Carson Wentz is going to be ready for week one. We don't. So why not? I don't know if, if Packer fans are nervous about Kirk Cousins signing in Minnesota. I'm not. It will require some salary cap gymnastics moving forward. I don't think Kirk Cousins is a big enough upgrade over Case Keenum to make me believe that that all of a sudden the Vikings are this juggernaut. I think Kirk Cousins is is overrated. I think he's going to get a bazillion dollars. And I don't think he's worth that money. I think the worst thing you can do as a franchise is pay superstar money for a non-superstar player. It's what the Lions did with Matthew Stafford. They felt like they had no other option. It's what the Ravens did with Joe Flacco. They felt they had no other option. Here's the deal. You have options. You do. So I understand today is tough. I understand there are other teams in the NFC doing things. I understand the Packers have not made the salary cap room to go after marquee free agents, and that is frustrating for Packers fans. But let's let's trust the process. Let's let this play out. Because, no, they haven't signed Muhammad Wilkerson, but no one else has either. And someone will. And that, that team could still be the Packers. You are listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local daily sports podcast network.
2: The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E.
1: The last thing I wanted to do is a little bit of a rehash of something that we've done and, and a mixture of things that we've done on the show before. But we have a lot more information now because there's been reporting about about who is going to be the top 10 group in the draft. Peter King talked about it in a tweet. I put up that list of players. He talked about it in, in the MMQB. He didn't tweet it. I did. Um, and now we have not a full athletic profile of these guys, but we have at least a partial profile for most of them, and we have a full athletic profile for all of them. So I wanted to just, that we now have a better idea, better than we did before, about who the candidates could be at 14, not just because we have an idea of who the guys could go ahead of them are, but because the team has these thresholds and these athletic parameters that they like to meet for these these players, we can say definitively these are guys who could be available at 14, could, who are likely to be available at 14, who also meet Green Bay's threshold. So this is the top 10. I think we did this on the show when this came out. But Peter King's top 10, in what he says is close to this order based on his reporting, Saquon Barkley, Sam Darnold, Bradley Chubb, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Josh Rosen, Quentin Nelson, Minka Fitzpatrick, Denzel Ward, Roquan Smith. You're talking about four quarterbacks in those 10 picks, a running back that the Packers were never going to take, Bradley Chubb, who is never going to fall, and who, by the way, does not meet Green Bay's preferred thresholds for pass rushers and edge players, Quentin Nelson, who would have. And then two defensive backs and a linebacker. There is this next tier of players. Guys like Derwin James, Tremaine Edmonds, Calvin Ridley, Josh Jackson, Marcus Davenport, Vita Vea, Connor Williams, Harold Landry. There are a couple other guys who could get into that mix. But that is more or less the consensus next group. The Packers met with Calvin Ridley at the combine. They are kicking the tires on some receivers. He is one of the players that that does meet their thresholds he had awful jumps vertical jump and broad jump are good indicators of explosiveness and even though he ran in the four fours both of his jumps were in the bottom 10 percentiles and his short shuttle time which is usually an agility and change of direction indicator was also atrocious but he had a fast 40 and a good three cone and those are the two biggest things for the Packers. When it comes to receivers, he also meets the height. He's over 6 feet, 188. Now, just barely. He could be in play at 14. I personally, that would not be a pick that I would make. But but he's in play. Cortland Sutton, as I mentioned earlier in the week, also met the thresholds. Turned in a great three cone. Size. More speed than it seemed like he would have. There could be a lot of upside there. If the Packers do sign Wilkerson... Or let's say they trade down. I think there's a very real potential. The Packers trade down. They do that 14 and 45 for 21 and 22. And they could do something like take Cortland Sutton and an offensive lineman. That's in play. I mentioned on the show earlier in the week, Josh Jackson, the only first-round corner so far who's tested in the range. Denzel Ward, who comes in a little undersized height-wise, but he'd hit all the athletic measurables. The two edge rushers that are most commonly connected to the Packers in, in mediamox, Marcus Davenport and Harold Landry, they meet the requirements. Harold Landry with flying colors. Davenport, it was a little bit closer. Whether or not he would meet the agility standards, he does. Harold Landry turns out to be one of the most flexible, one of the best, most agile pass rushers in this class. Anyone who watched him in 2016 at Boston College knew that to be true. But he was dealing with an injury in 2017, robbed him of his explosiveness, robbed him of his flexibility. And those are key things for pass rushers. So those are two names to keep an eye on at 14. So so far we got Ridley and Sutton, Josh Jackson, Davenport and Landry. We we don't have the info on Derwin James. He did not do a full athletic workout, so I assume he's going to fall in range. He is a freak athlete. And linebacker, we did not get a full workup on Tremaine Edmonds. We did on Leighton vanderash and this is a name that I want you to keep an eye on. Played at Boise State, was not particularly impressive on tape when you watch him early on, and then against Oregon in the bowl game, he looked like, a man possessed. He was all over the field flying around and he tested incredibly well. Tested in the top 5% of NFL linebacker athletes he had bulked up since his since the season. There are some whispers that the Packers like him, not just like him, but like him on the edge. Potentially as a pass rusher. I think he's an ideal Sam linebacker. I got this question from a, a listener to explain that a little bit more. Without going too far in depth, Mike Patton's 3-4 and or 4-3, depending on how you look at it, has three true defensive linemen, a 3 tech, a 5 tech, and a nose-tackle or a one tech. So you're going to have three defensive linemen. Unlike Dom Capers, he does not like to pull those linemen as often. He's not going to play nickel with just four guys up front. He's going to pull a linebacker but he's going to keep his three defensive linemen and his two guys on the outside. There is a rush linebacker and there is a Sam linebacker. And depending on formation, depending on personnel groups, the the quarterback may not know who is who. Obviously, we know the rush linebacker, self-explanatory, he's coming. The Sam linebacker is there to hold the edge He's there to play and run support and to play off the edge as a blitzer. He can loop around on stunts and twists. But he is going to play a little bit more in coverage. And he, he may not be coming on every play. Dom Capers relied a lot on five-man pressure to get after the quarterback. I think what we're going to see is Mike Pettin is going to require less blitzing with his scheme. But his blitzes will be more efficient. Guys who look and play like Clay Matthews, are ideal sam linebackers in these systems. And Van Der Esch tests like the perfect player who can come off the edge, who can be and develop into a very good edge rusher eventually. He's not there yet. He's a long way to go. Would be very raw playing a position like that. But as a linebacker, he does because he doesn't have great instincts, but has tremendous athletic tools you move guys like that to the edge, they play on the strong side where they can play over the tight end and they can see they're closer to the action. What you want to do with guys who struggle to read and react is you want to put them closer to the action because the further away you put them, the more they have to be reading and reacting to. You put someone, think about a a, a lineman. He needs to know what the lineman is doing in front of him, a defensive lineman, He sees an offensive lineman. He has to know what that guy is doing. And he has to know what the guy with the ball is doing. That's it. If you're playing free safety, you need to see right away. You need to see in your mind's eye. You need to have a picture of what's going on. And you need to be processing that information. And you need to be saying, okay, the guard is pulling. So I know what I'm supposed to be reading. I'm reading my keys. I see the guard pull. Okay, I know this play. I know this inside trap is coming, and so I'm going to fill hard down the lane. The closer you are to the line of scrimmage, the less you have to read and react to. And so you put a guy who struggles somewhat with his instincts on the edge there, and you say, okay, you've either got got this zone that you've got to cover over here, or you've got the tight end, or you need to go get the ball carrier. That's it. He doesn't have to spend as much time reading and reacting. We're going to get into all of this a lot more in-depth as we go through this process, but but this is the early list of players that I think you should be keeping your eye on. It's two linebackers, Tremaine Edmonds and Leighton Van Der Esch. I don't know at 14 if, if Van Der Esch is, is there, but, but he's getting some first-round buzz after his outstanding combine performance, so I wouldn't be surprised. I think more likely at 45, and certainly if the Packers trade down. I mentioned that 21-22, Bills trade they could they could want to go up to jump the cardinals who may want a quarterback at 15 and maybe you trade down and maybe you take a Cortland sutton and a layton van der esch and you've got two impact players that don't necessarily have to start right away but in a year could be high impact starters and have upside to be potential pro bowl caliber players you may not get that at 45 That's why you'd give up 45 to get that extra blue-chip player, blue-chip talent, blue-chip athlete. That's all possible. There's also Davenport and Landry, the edge rushers. You've got the one corner, Josh Jackson. He's the one really top 50 corner that meets their standards. And then if Derwin James fell, I think he's a no-brainer. There's one name I'm going to leave you with here, and that is Stanford safety, Justin Reed. I think he could be in play at 45. I would be okay with him at 14. He is incredibly versatile. He can play free safety. He can play strong safety. He can play nickel corner. Played a ton of nickel corner. And he's 6 feet, over 200 pounds. Can play corner. Can play in the slot. You could draft him at 14 and immediately say, you're the team's new nickel corner and not have to worry about the cornerback position. Because he's got, he can play in the nickel, you can can roll him back, he can play deep, you can play Josh Jones in the box there. There's a ton of different things you can do with him if he is a player that you take. When we talk again on Monday, maybe we will have a Muhammad Wilkerson signing to talk about. Maybe we won't. Maybe it'll be in Green Bay. Maybe it won't. But regardless, we will have a show Monday, talk about that, and a lot more. Remember, if you have a question, I'll answer it on Twitter at Peter Brukowski. You can hit me up at LockedOnPackers Packers. Come over, say hi. It lets me know you're engaged. It lets me know you are locked on. Stay locked on Packers.